0: Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. We are out of town this week, up in Ohio, visiting family. So it may sound a little different because we're out of studio, but we are here to bring you quality, or hopefully quality, uh, pickleball information. And studio is always secondary. Getting you the information is primary. Hope you're having a great week. Quick update on our end. Uh, We just finished our Tampa camps last week. That was a lot of fun. We had uh, three camps. A three day a two day and a three day so we had a total of almost uh, close to 48 students might have been about 45 because of some COVID cancellations but it was a lot of fun uh, meeting those players from all over the place including canada and uh, teaching them some pickleball and uh, you know i think they came away uh, with better understanding of the game and you could see it in their play you could see it uh, uh, first day to last day a big difference in how they were approaching the game on the court Uh, You know, we always warn our campers that the change is not going to be immediate. So you come to camp and it's not the uh, end of your work. It's frankly the beginning of your work. Uh, You're getting the knowledge that you need so that you could then put in the time and effort necessary to accomplish your pickleball objective. So that was a lot of fun. And CJ and I are hard at work putting the success path together, finishing it up for uh, We Are Pickleball. Hopefully have that launched in March, actually. Strike hopefully. We're going to have it launched in March and uh, it's going to be a a very effective way to learn the game so we're looking forward to that and then we also have the um, the videos on youtube that we've been putting out we've been really focusing on getting you some good information there the into pickle channel we just uh, published the video about the um, respect the x and updated on that and then in cj's channel on better pickleball we put out a video about consistency and how important that is on how to improve the consistency of your game, so make sure you're checking those out on our YouTube channels. This week's podcast, we're going to be talking about something that came up in our survey, which is forehand in the middle. Uh, players love forehand in the middle, and we're going to address that in this week's podcast. We're going to talk about the, when it's appropriate, when it's not appropriate, the forehand in the middle, and the riff. I'm going to give you an update on injury prevention. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, but I want to give you an update on where, where I'm at with my injury, and hopefully that'll help you avoid your injury. So you're ready for the podcast, let's jump right in. Are you planning on playing pickleball on an indoor surface, meaning a polished concrete or wood surface like in a gym? If you are, consider adding a pair of indoor pickleball shoes to your bag. There is a big difference between outdoor shoes made for a tennis court and indoor shoes made for a gym type surface. You can check out Tyrol's indoor shoes designed specifically for pickleball it's a shoe that CJ and I both wear. I'll link to it below. We put out a survey, because we're always curious as to what it is that uh, pickleball players are thinking about the game, what it is that's going on, that is uh, whether they troubling them or some area that they, they wanna focus on and things like that. So we're always asking those kinds of questions, always curious about them. So we put out a survey, we asked you all several questions. One of the things that we got in the, one of the feedback we got was this idea of forehand in the middle. It's one of those things that you hear all over the place when you're out in rec play. Uh, you know, players will talk about, hey, that was my ball, why? Forehand in the middle. Or I took that ball, why? Forehand in the middle. And, you know, I'm, we're not saying that forehand in the middle doesn't apply ever. It does apply sometimes, but it is not an overriding principle. It doesn't override other principles that are um, as appropriate, if not more appropriate, than forehand in the middle when you're playing pickleball. A good example of that is respect the X. And that's a video that we just put out uh, last week on Into Pickles, or depending on when you're listening to this. But if you go to Into Pickles, search Respect the X, there's actually a playlist on it. That's how important it is. And it's one of the concepts that we first started to articulate several years ago when we first started the channel. And we've been fine-tuning it and, and show, you know, some game, doing some game breakdowns and things like that, uh, exploring the Respect the X concept. And we would suggest to you that the Respect the X concept is way more important than Forehand in the Middle, Um, In other words, if you have to choose between simply forehand in the middle and respecting the X, you should normally respect the X. I'll give you an exception to that in a second, which is uh, in response to a question that we got uh, uh, recently about the uh, respect the X and the forehand in the middle, particularly on a short return. So I'll dive into that a little more in a minute. But generally speaking, there are other principles that are as, if not more important than forehand in the middle. Uh, Respect the X is one. um, And if you watch the video, it's clearer to understand visually than, than in the podcast, but I'll, I'll describe it briefly. Basically the idea is that if a return of serve is coming, let's say from left to right, so it's coming, um, the, the player on the right served and the player on the right returned, right? And so the ball's coming from left to right across the court back into the server side. What will happen is you'll have a right-handed player on the left side reach across with their forehand to hit the third shot. That usually is not the optimal shot that you want to hit as the as serve team. Uh, usually it is better in that situation to have the player on the right, the server, hit the third shot even if it's their backhand. Three reasons. One, you have a mechanical advantage as the backhand and you can think about that yourself. Just take a paddle in your hand, uh, take your paddle in your right hand if you're right-handed and stretch out for a forehand third shot. Much more difficult to hit that shot then it is to hit a third shot on the backhand side when the ball's coming towards you, towards your zone. Second reason is it opens up the court. So the, the player on the left comes over to the right to handle that third shot, opening up the court on the left, and a lot of times subject to attack there. That's not the best. The last reason, the one that's often overlooked is it pins the server back. So what happens is the, the non-server right, the player on the left side, comes over to the right side to hit the third shot now the server who's on the right side can't move, so that server is just pinned back behind the baseline. That's not good. You want to have at least one of your one player should be free to move forward in the event that there's a good third shot or you know an opportunity is created. And by pinning the player back, you're basically you know you're, you're taking one of the weapons out from this out of the serve team's arsenal on the third shot situation. So that's an example of where this forehand in the middle idea can sometimes muddle muddy the waters and and not end up, not give you the best situation or not give you the best shot for your side. Another way to think about it in the forehand in the middle would be like an attack shot. Say you have a a floater up at the uh, non-volley zone line and the player with the forehand in the middle is off the line. So they're back some. Um, Technically, their forehand would be hitting it if you let it go, but it's better in that situation for the backhand to hit the ball because the ball is closer to the net and also higher up. So those are a couple of scenarios where forehand in the middle or the idea of forehand in the middle can really uh, end up hampering you or hurting you uh, rather than helping you. Now let's talk about a situation where forehand in the middle may be the best approach, uh, depending on the strengths of the players, but it may be the, the best approach. One scenario would be where you have a short return of serve that can be attacked. So imagine a return of serve that lands, say, four or five feet behind the non-volley zone line with sort of a high arc. So it's sitting up there, can be attacked, unless the player whose backhand is to that ball has a better backhand. In other words, that's a stronger shot. In that case, more often than not, the forehand is gonna be the better shot. But rather than it being forehand in the middle, think about it in terms of, what's the best shot for my team? And if the best shot for your team is the forehand in the middle, that happens to be in the middle, then let that forehand take the shot. If it, however, is the backhand in the middle, um, then allow the backhand to take the shot. So rather than thinking about it just in terms of forehand in the middle, I'm gonna take it, period, end of story. Think about it more in terms of what's the best shot for my team, and that'll generally end up with a better result. The point of this is one, to challenge a little bit the forehand in the middle idea when you hear it out there, because you're gonna hear it out there in rec play all the time, but also to suggest that as you understand the game better, these maxims like, like uh, forehand in the middle uh, simply uh, you know don't apply many times and are used are applied inappropriately even a concept that that we're that's near and dear to our hearts respect the X is a concept that the more you understand it and the better you understand it the better you'll be able to apply it so you won't apply respect the X blindly and just say respect the X no matter what because there are situations where breaking the X makes sense what you understand is respect the X is a uh, basically like a default uh, default sort of situation or default strategy or approach where you basically will respect the X unless there's a reason to break the X. Uh, and again, that kind of understanding of the game will help you play a fuller, more, we believe more enjoyable uh, game of pickleball because you'll see the game more fully and appreciate its intricacies a little bit better. So uh, hopefully that helps with the forehand in the middle idea and uh, and, and understanding how that applies and doesn't apply and again, don't just apply these maxims blindly. Study the game. Uh, you know, understand the game better. If we can help you at We Are Pickleball, that's what we like doing. So feel free to come over to wearepickleball.com and check us out when our success path launches in, in uh, March. Uh, that kind of information will definitely help you understand the game better. All right. In the riff, we're going to be talking about some injury prevention. We're just into 2022, just getting our feet wet in the year, and I want to talk about injury prevention for this year and give you an update on where I am with my back injury, which I mentioned in a prior episode. Stay tuned for the riff. So the verdict is in, and the paddle that CJ Johnson, myself, Tony Roig, and my wife Jill are all playing with is the new Icon paddle, a relatively new Icon paddle from Diadem Pickleball. We've actually been playing with this paddle for several months now, and uh, we wanted to make sure it it performed up to our expectations. And I gotta tell you, this is an awesome paddle. It has some of the best playability of any paddle that we've ever played with. And Jill's arm, that used to have the ice after she played, no longer needs icing. So it's an awesome paddle. If you wanna read more about the paddle, I'll link to the full review down in the show notes. And if you use the code VIPickleball at Diet and Pickleball, you'll get our discount. If you decide to give the Diadem Icon Paddle a try, send me an email, tony at wearepickleball.com, and let us know how it went. Let's talk a little bit about injury prevention. I think this is one of those areas where pickleball players don't, we don't spend enough time on this subject. Uh, we basically, uh, you know, we, we, even as content creators, you know, we want to bring you information on how, helping you improve your game. So the strokes and things like that. But if you're injured, then your strokes don't matter, right? If you're sitting on the sideline, strokes are no good. So we're gonna try and do a little more this year, bring you some more information on, on not just your body, uh, but also on your mind, on improving those so that you can make sure that you can play longer sessions and play more sessions and keep on playing this game that you love. And so what I wanted to do is share with you an update on my personal story, because I think that's, you know, the easiest way to explain injury prevention and injury uh, recovery and things like that is to speak from personal knowledge. So, about um, two or three weeks ago, I injured my back. Literally, not doing anything. Literally, walking. I walked down some flights of stairs from our condo down to the parking lot to help Jill with a bike rack on the back of the uh, on the back of the SUV. And I came downstairs. I, I think I rounded a corner. That's all I did. I just turned a corner, and boom, there went my back. And I have a lower back that I've had this problem. You know, it, it arises once in a while, every every few years. And I had done pretty good because I had been for a while there. I had been doing focusing on my core. i had been doing this set of exercises called the McGill Three, M C G I L L Three. Um, Dr. McGill's pretty famous uh, gentleman in the area of of the lower back. So i had been doing the McGill Three for for a while, focusing on my core, focusing on that whole strip down there by the, you know, from the belly to the back, and had been doing pretty well. Well, I had been slacking off probably the last, I don't know, four or five months before the injury, I kind of had dropped off the radar, that kind of exercise. And so sure enough, I walked downstairs, turn and bam, injured my back. And as I read, uh, I ordered Dr. McGill's book because I was curious, I wanted to learn more about my back and what was going on. And what really struck me is he describes the back as, um, hopefully you know this game, but it's called Jenga. It's that game where you have the, the, the wood blocks in a stack and you pull out a piece and a piece until it falls over. And so he basically describes the back as like a, a Jenga tower, so to speak. And then the uh, muscles around it are like guy wires. So like, you know, like those tall, um, those tall metal antennas that are used for, um, for uh, cell phone towers and things like that, radio towers, they have, you know, they're, 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 they're lanky and tall and then they have those guy wires that hold them in place. So the spine is basically like that. It's just this like jumble of vertebra, vertebrae that are stacked one on top of the other. And then they're held together by these muscles that basically hold them, hold them into their form. Right. And so what happens is if the muscles get either weak or, or, or out of alignment so that one side's pulling too much or the other one's not strong enough to pull back and things like that, that Jenga tower basically starts to shift. And as it shifts, that's where you end up with back pain. So that's, make that made perfect sense to me or makes perfect sense to me and it helps me understand even as I move through the day these days because I'm still a little tender back there is I basically think about it like that Jenga thing or the Jenga stack and so if I' getting out of bed I basically sit on the edge of the bed for a second I make sure that I'm focused on my on the guy wires on the muscles around my spine and then I move out of the bed to avoid re-injuring that muscle or minimize the chance of re-injuring it Another thing I've done is I've re-implemented the McGill-3 and added additional um, stretches and strengthening exercises. I'm working on the psoas, I'm working on another muscle. I can't remember, it's like the QL, I think it's called. It's a small muscle, I think it's small, that runs behind the back uh, around the gluteus and that kind of area. So I'm basically trying to work on all these muscles that um, aren't, you know, they're not like the bicep or the tricep or the quadricep, the major muscles that we think about. There are other muscles that are important, particularly when you're trying to avoid injury. And knowing myself, I know that the back is an area that I need to focus on because of my history. So if you know yourself and you know it's your knee or your hip or your shoulder or your elbow, whatever it is that that you tend to have issues with, our advice is is take some time and focus on that. Find some exercises uh, that will work to strengthen the area, to stretch the area, to just make the area a more functional unit, if you will. Uh, and by doing that research, um, not only will you uh, play better pickleball and play longer pickleball, you'll also, as you know, enjoy a fuller and better life uh, without the injury. So that's a little personal story for you to hopefully help you on your process or your your journey on um, reducing injuries in your life and maintain yourself on the pickleball court as much as possible. Hope you enjoyed the podcast this week have a great week we'll be back next week with podcast 71. can't believe we're on podcast 70 on this one but it's been uh, been a lot of a lot of fun I've enjoyed it I hope you've enjoyed it as well as always if you enjoyed it please rate and review it wherever you're listening to this and if you enjoyed the podcast please share it with your friends if you're active on social media put it on there put it on Facebook put it on Instagram whatever it is that you're active on um, you know one of our challenges is, as with anyone with any content creator is getting the content in front of listeners in front of viewers. And if you enjoy the content, I'm pretty confident they will too. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. And be well out there.